Western civilization is scientifically testable and verifiable. This essay looks at the essence of what we call Western civilization and illustrates why civilization is a measurable concept. In the author's view, Western civilization is rooted in capitalism, and capitalism is an economic system. We all know wealth can be quantified, but no one has been able to link economic activity to civilized living. Creating profits and increasing GNP do not define an advance in civilized life. Capitalism is deeply embedded in the culture of the West. Adam Smith took various threads found in Western civilization and wove them together in a theory on economics. It is the argument of this author that he misapplied some of the data he found. This was understandable in context. At the time he wrote his approximations to the truth were useful approximations. It takes less accuracy to create a cannon than it does to produce a guided missile. For example, Adam Smith viewed it capital as the component that defines a business. Capital in the wealth of nations is considered to be the wealth of a business. Capital is composed of commercial assets. Another way of understanding capital, as Smith understood it, is as a liability owed to the owner. Owner capital is defined as the assets of a company minus its liabilities or debt. In this understanding owner capital is the same as equity. Equity is assets minus liabilities. In comparison, assets are equity plus assets. This views a business as composed of liabilities. One set, known as owner capital, is a liability of the business owed the owner. Another set of liabilities is the debt owed banks and stockholders. These things are important to know if we are to understand where Smith went wrong and how fixing these, admittedly minor errors, permit us to measure and test our level of civilization. The key thing we must understand is that at the time Smith wrote, business assets and owner's assets were considered identical with personal assets. Businesses were mostly small and operated as an extension of the owner's personal account. Owning a wagon as a farmer and owning a wagon as a freighter was not much of a difference. However, this conflation leads to serious error in our final conception of what a business is. Nature is not owned or ownable by human beings. However, at the level of subsistence, consumption and ownership are almost synonymous. As man learned to specialize and trade the products of his labor, the production process moved away from the level of handcrafting and became more artisanal. That is, while the production was still small-scale it became more professional and more specialized. Owner's capital in an artisanal setting was still not much different from the amounts of resources a farmer or craftsman had. A craftsman making arrowheads would simply gather stones from the communal supply. The difference was, he made more arrowheads than his neighbors did. Artisanal producers moved into metals and pottery and other proto-industries. The point being made here is that for many years the consumer and the producer were not distinct categories. 
It was the advent of capitalism that changed the relationship. The consumer became more associated with the working class. Producers were capitalists, and while they also consumed, they were identified more by their productivity. Production became compartmentalized and specialized. Production became a specialized activity divorced from the consumer and craftspeople. However, our understanding of ownership did not change. Consumers have a right to what is needed for consumption. We own homes and food and modes of transportation for personal use. We may not have an uncontested claim to nature, but the issue of who owns what is of little importance at the level of the individual. This can be better understood if we think of the world as an all you can eat salad bar. We can eat whatever we want, and we can eat as much as we want, but we do not own the product and cannot put quantities of it in Tupperware dishes and take it home to eat later. It is a vastly different thing to own a family farm and to own a 10,000 acre cattle ranch. If the owner of the ranch lives in a city hundreds of miles from the ranch, the difference between farm and ranch is more striking. The same issue arises when a person owns a home he lives in, and a company owns an apartment building that no one in the company lives in. This is the difference between capitalism and globalism. The line of demarcation may not be immediately apparent, but it exists. The problem is that capitalism has become less and less about production and more about exploiting gatekeeper status. The business does not sell product, but access to a service. Many conservatives take issue with socialism. It is said conservatives reject the concept of a regulatory framework for business. Most conservatives, it is said, prefer the market control the activities of business owners. But, from the context of consumers, it does not benefit them when someone exploits a position of power, whether the position is exploited for political power or for financial gain. Intimidation is what governments do and this is wrong, but it does not make it better when private enterprise employs similar tactics against their employees. The alternative to power is science, or what can be called quantifiable verification. To determine objective truth there must be a factor that can be quantified in discrete units. Distance and weight can be broken up into identical units and quantified. To define and measure the level of civilization we need to measure value as a multiple of a discrete quantity. We can do this. Civilization is accumulated value. Civilization moves mankind from what is called a state of nature into an artificial environment. An artificial human environment is one that is devoid of power relationships or administrative hierarchies. This is a problem for the left. They refuse accountability and ultimately this keeps them locked not only in a state of nature, but a state of perpetual immaturity in which accountability is rejected. The key to maturity requires mankind to rise above the state of nature, but this means we must become accountable one to the other. Need it be said that accountability requires some form of accounting. This is why accounting is so important in the Western world. 
The need for accountability is why business is important to the West, and the free market is considered a vital element to the success of Western civilization. Need it be said that to be accountable, one needs to have an account? To have an account there must be a free market. Accounts are not regulated by law, but by the laws of supply and demand. Accounts are held by businesses, not by governments. Western civilization exists with free markets, but not without. Eastern autocracies do not have Western civilizations. We need to understand Western civilization as something produced by the activity of a free market, if we're to understand it, and hopefully, enhance it. It is also important free markets are visualized as accounting. Without accounting there is no free market. If the market is not free, the accounting has no connection with the law of supply and demand. The key to a free market is the possession of an account. Each citizen must have and be represented by an account. The ledger is held by a business entity. This association of political jurisdictions with a free market is what ultimately creates Western civilization and what makes Western civilization a testable concept. The comparison is not complete. Most people even in the West see politics and economics as independent institutions. This negatively impacts our ability to build a civilized society, for civilization is very much our economics. Imagine political jurisdictions as free markets or commercial organizations. The citizens within a political jurisdiction own the assets within the boundaries of the jurisdiction. The political entity is an economic organization. This unification of the political and economic functions is called a citizen's trust. All assets within the borders of the political unit are held in trust by the trust. Every citizen holds a common share which entitles him or her to vote the affairs of the trust. All citizens are employed by the trust and are paid a living wage by the trust. The work citizens do adds value to the assets of the trust. This value is considered equity. Equity is measured in the form of preferred shares. Citizens are paid for the work they do, using units of preferred stock, and these are added to their accounts with the trust as credits. Prefers, a contraction of preferred shares and symbolized as, are a type of cryptocurrency customized to the needs of the local economy. As citizens work, they add value to the citizens' trust, and this addition of value creates equity in the form of preferred shares for the trust. This equity is issued to the employee as cryptocurrency units deposited to their account. Prefers are used to purchase goods and services from the trust as needed. The cryptocurrency serves as a unit of account. The cryptocurrency can serve as a means by which the growth of Western civilization can be gauged. The more prefers circulating the higher the level of economic activity, and the more economic activity the more advanced the civilization. Economic activity is a valid measure of civilization as it accurately reflects the level of engagement that exists between citizens. 
Economic activity also measures the amount of specialized activity that is occurring. If a state of nature is pegged at the level of subsistence, then activity beyond this basic level counts as civilized behavior. Civilization is created by specialization. If we all do the same thing, the same way, the level of civilization is marginal at best. It is when each person acts in a highly customized way that civilization is achieved. The greater the specialization, individually and collectively, the greater the level of economic activity and the more developed the civilization. Progress is defined by specialization and specialization is the means by which the products of civilization are produced. This definition of civilization assumes that civilized living removes mankind from the state of nature. If civilization removes mankind from a state of nature, then the greater the distance of man from the state of nature the higher the level of civilization. The movement of man from a state of nature is correlated with economic activity. By measuring economic activity using prefers the level of civilization we are in can be accurately determined.